This is the LarryInFishers.com podcast. I'm Larry Lannon. Uh, in this podcast, we will talk about the referendum coming up on the November 7th ballot, or earlier, if you want to vote earlier than that. I'm with Matt Kegley, the interim superintendent for Hamilton Southeastern Schools, and Laura Smoots, chairperson for the Advance HSE Political Action Committee. Thanks for joining me today. Very much appreciate you taking time out to spend some time with me. And again, we are here to talk about the tax referendum on the November, November 7th ballot. And as I said, the early voting is likely underway by the time you hear this. It starts on October 11th. So let me start off this way. Matt, we're going to get into some of the weeds, but I'd like for you to briefly explain what a yes or no vote means on this referendum ballot. Well, thanks, Larry, for for having us. Um, a yes or no vote means that we will um, continue uh, a referendum that we currently have. Uh, but at a reduced rate. So effective, um, our current referendum expires uh, at the end of this December. And what we're asking uh, voters in the HSC school district uh, to do is approve a renewal of that referendum at a reduced rate. And if we're successful in that, that um, new new rate will take effect January 1st. Now, in 2016, I was around to cover the previous operating referendum. That was seven years. Now, do I recall a change in the state law? Is it now eight years, or did I get that wrong? No, you're correct. Um, if, if we're successful this time around um, and we would decide to do this again in the future, it would be eight years before we would have to uh, seek a renewal. So, Laura, I must say, your uh, your volunteer army has uh, been doing their work. I see uh, your yard signs all over the community. Just driving over here, I, I saw several of them. So you're certainly getting that work done. Um, so when you go out and you ask for volunteers to help out your political action committee, what sort of response have you received? Well, we've heard um, a lot of great support throughout our community for our schools and, and for the referendum, so we're really encouraged by that. Um, and, you know, I think we've, you know, again, just a lot of positive feedback. I'm glad to hear that, that you're seeing our signs. It's been really exciting uh, to see those pop up because, you know, it's just such an, such an important way to let people know that, that they need to vote yes on November 7th to support their schools. So, as you mentioned, we have a great uh, committee with Advance HSE, uh, just a committee of volunteers that are putting in all that effort to make sure um, that we do our part to make sure that the public is educated about why this referendum is so important and why it's needed and, and how they can get involved. Have you ever counted how many people have raised their hand and volunteered to help you? Gosh, someone probably has that number. I don't have it. Um, <laughs> if you don't, but, that's yeah. okay, but it's, it's a large number, I would have to say. Yeah, there's, you know, yeah, I think we, yeah, again, I feel like we, we feel like we have a lot of support in our community and, and we're grateful for that. So Matt, going back to you, uh, you have been conducting meetings all around uh, the community. You continue to do that. I'm curious, what uh, what questions are you being asked most often about the referendum? Um, well, if we, we do address this, but I think probably uh, the biggest item is, is how will we use the funds um, if we're successful in the renewal. Um, I also think that um, the question, uh, we, have a, we have a slide where we show the question that will be on the ballot uh, for, for voters. And, um, that's a really important piece because, um, they need to be clear about what the language says and why, why vote yes is the appropriate answer to that. And then I guess probably the, the third thing would be, um, people are interested in why 
we are we are seeking a reduced rate um, and still able to uh, accomplish the goals that we have set out. You know, it's interesting. I uh, I, I remember in 2016 that language was not very accurate or easy to read, but the new one that the legislature has mandated, I think is much worse. Laura, let me ask you this. Uh, I know this must be difficult for you because as uh, the chairperson of the political action committee, your job is to try to educate people Mm -hmm. uh, as to what that means. I'm not even going to read it because it (laughs) would just boggle your mind. You'll see it on the ballot. So uh, when you uh, look at that, uh, legally required language that the General Assembly is set up on this, what's the most important thing that people need to remember as they either early vote or go into to the vote on November 7th, what do they need uh, to keep in mind when they look at that ballot and see that yes or no ballot uh, referendum? Sure. So I think when we think about the ballot language, and there is an FAQ on our website, I will plug that if you really want to dig into it, you can go to that at advancedhseschools.com. Um, but what we try to communicate is just to be very you know, transparent that this language is misleading. Um, and that's why all of our signs, as you'll note, say vote yes, but then we want to explain why that is. And so um, I think in all the presentations um, that, that Dr. Kegley um, and, and Ms. Dowling have done have really you know, taking a point to explain that, as he said, so we are very transparent that you will see the word increase in the ballot language three times. That is not what this is. And so we just have to be very, and I think understanding, letting voters know to be prepared when they look at that question, it is going to be confusing and it's going to be misleading. And that's why it's so important that we, again, try to get out there and give as much information we can about what this referendum is that it is at a reduced rate and why it's so important and what it means for our schools. Yeah, you know, Matt, I, I, I look at, at that and, and see that language and that word increases in there. I forgot four or five times mm-hmm. or several times in that ballot language. And I guess in a technical sense, yes, it is an increase over what there would be if there were no referendum. That is true. If there were no referendum, the schools would lose somewhere between 24 and $26 million a year, correct? Correct. It'd be, it would be $26 million for It would us. be, tw- okay. Yeah. Because I know what the reduced rate, I wasn't sure if it was going to stay there. But 26 is the figure you have used consistently, and you're saying that still would be the loss. Yes, correct. Um, our, the new rate, um, if it were going to effect, would, would generate almost $24 million. Um, so that will be the, the number we work through moving forward. But right now, um, we're collecting about $26 million. You know, uh, one thing that I have, have is watching this process as it's, it's continued uh, to the point that it is now is that uh, the tax rate that's on the ballot, even though it's lower than the previous uh, referendum rate, uh, is still a maximum. Uh, as, as explain how the school board will have options during that eight-year period to lower that rate if they would choose to do so and if conditions were good for that. Yes, um, that's a great question. And as I mentioned, that's one we often get. So um, what, we wanted, what we wanted to do in determining the rate and what the max rate would be was what, what is look at what that, the, how many dollars that would generate. And we're comfortable um, with the point one. Nine nine five, it will generate approximately twenty four million dollars, and so when we go to ask for a, a yes vote, we have to advertise for the maximum. 
but the dollar amount is what we're focused on. So as we move forward over the next eight years, if we continue um, to be to see benefits with increased assessed valuation, it affords us the opportunity to stay focused on the 24 million and then adjust the rate down so that we get to a rate that will still um, will still uh, pay dividends of the 24 million. So um, that's how over the next eight years, and because the budget is reviewed annually and approved by our board annually, um, there will be a process in place at which we can every year determine whether or not we need to come down from that 0.1995. But we have to advertise high um, so that we make sure we hit that mark. And it should be noted that uh, the board is going through the the budget process at this time, and you are assuming in those budget numbers for 2024 that you will have that referendum in place, correct? Well, we've allowed for it right now, but yes. it's but yes, we certainly. I mean, you could offer, but it's as you said, it's a maximum. If you had to, to go down, you can. But correct. you're making that assumption as you move forward because you have to turn in a budget. There's a deadline. That's that. correct. And if and if we weren't successful with the referendum. Um, the the state would uh, go about a process of, of really stopping our approval of our budget in order to account for the fact that we have a referendum in there right now. Well, Laura, uh, this question can be complicated, but I have to give you credit. Uh, you have, as an organization, simplified that. Uh, the question I'm sure that is that both of you get a lot, how is a homeowner, an individual homeowner, impacted by the referendum? Now, what you have done, to explain what you've done on your website, because there is a way you every homeowner can check what the impact will be. Yeah, we have an impact calculator on our website, and you can enter in, when I get this right, it's the address to which your tax bill goes to. So that is what you would enter in, um, and it will show you, you know, the reduced rate and that impact that it will have on you personally as a homeowner. So you'll be able to see the different calculations and, and see that effect personally. So you don't have to take our word for it. You can actually go into the website and see it for yourself and, and, um, and, and check that out. And I would encourage people to do that. Well, uh, you didn't have to encourage me. I already <laughs> did it. <laughs> I checked, uh, I checked my little condo that my wife and I have in retirement and found out that uh, next year, if, if the referendum passes, uh, from year to year, uh, comparing 23 to 24, I would save about $48 in my in, annually. And it uh, should be noted, Matt, and then, uh, this is not really part of the referendum, but when people talk about how the uh, assessed valuations have impacted their property tax bills, state legislature has passed uh, some relief for people next year anyway on top of all this. That's correct. There are some deductions in the uh, tax, uh, tax calculator that will uh, show that uh, out as well. Well, uh, whenever I write about the referendum, I get there are two comments I get quite often. And I want to run them by both of you. First, here's the and this this kind of gets to what we've already talked about, but I want you to talk more about that. That even if the rate declines slightly, let's say and this is the taxpayer talking, my assessed valuation can increase, so my property tax bill is going to go up. Matt, I'll let you talk first. Uh, when somebody brings that up, what's your basic answer? Well, I mean, compared to not having the referendum in place, yes, there's you're 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 paying a higher rate. Uh, but but when we compare it against what we're currently in, then then we we see that as a reduction because it is realized uh, from twenty three to twenty four. Of course, what I always tell Laura is tell people is okay. The, the, 
local government has only so much control over how your temp property tax bill. The assessed valuations that impact your t- property tax bill, the school board only has control over the rate. The, your assessed valuation, that whole system is, is, is funneled into state law. The General Assembly makes that decision to either keep it in place or provide some relief as they're, they're doing next year with an additional deduction. So I think the thing that excuse me, <clears throat> I'd like you to talk about is when people t- try to explain, well, my assessed valuation is going up, my tax bill is still going up even if you lower the rate. What, what do you tell people? I would tell them to go to the impact uh, calculator. Now, I think, Larry, you and Dr. Kegley have, have kind of said it. And, you know, operating in the system we have now, this is within our control, and this is why we, you know, the, the administration and the board have, you know, put the reduced rate on there um, to, to reflect what we feel that we needed for our schools. And, and that's, you know, I'd also bring it back to understanding and explaining again what this referendum is going to be used for, things like maintaining class sizes and, um, you know, continuing to attract and retain teachers and, and, and a lot of other great things. And, and so, yes, as, as you said, there are only certain things that are within our control, and, and that's kind of how we are, are proceeding on that. Well, Matt, I'll let you comment on this one. This is another comment I get. There are too many central office administrators. What's well, your response on that one? Well, I, I, I think uh, when you compare us against districts that comparable in size, um, I, I would, would disagree there. But, um, but I always maintain that, that we work within the system that we have and um, we'll, we'll continue to do that. We, we think that we need to make sure that we funnel as much of the resources that we have to the classroom. And that's what we've tried to do all along in my tenure in HSE. I feel like anyway, we have, we've worked to funnel as many of the dollars directly to the classroom and we'll continue to do that. Of course, if you think about it, you're down two major administrators right now. You're missing a superintendent. You're the interim, also acting as assistant superintendent at the same time. And, of course, uh, the HR director has, has gone to be Brownsburg uh, super, superintendent principal. Principal, me, yeah, principal the from high Brownsburg High School. So you're down two major administrators. So anything on the HR jobs? We'll be hearing anything on that soon? I uh, hope to have something uh, very soon on that. Okay, very good. Next question is this. Um, and, Lauren, I'll let you start with this. And, and I know you've touched on it, but let's just be real about this. What happens to our HSE school system if the referendum fails? Sure. So I think, you know, what we have been talking about are the things that, that happen if it, if it succeeds. And if it, if it doesn't, then those things go away. So I think what we've heard, and, and you know, I, I have a, a second grader and a sixth grader, so understand how important class sizes are. I think they're important for everyone, regardless of, of where you are at the grade level. But, you know, one thing that the 2016 referendum allowed the schools to do was to uh, lower class sizes. This passing this referendum will allow them to maintain those. You know, I think you would be looking at class sizes going up and a lot of the other things that, you know, whether it's safety measures, and again, I'll defer to Dr. Kegley to check me on any of this, but a lot of the things that we're planning, you know, that's where things like attracting and retaining teachers comes into question. Um, Being able to invest in more safety measures, those are all things that will have to be you know, reassessed and, 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 and reevaluated. And those are things that, you know, are very important to us. And, and that's, again, why we're such strong supporters of, of a vote yes on November 7th. Let me uh, go this way. One point that uh, I think local residents should keep in mind, and I'll ask Matt to start this discussion. And I've seen the numbers several times, and you've reminded people about this as you make presentations at the school board and, and before the community, that HSE is is amongst the three lowest 
I should I put it, per student support from the state legislature and, and from the Indiana, uh, from, from Indiana. Indiana provides the way that, I mean, I, let me back up a little bit, because there was a point in time many years ago when property taxes did support the local schools that supported the uh, salaries for teachers and other staff members. That all changed under the Mitch Daniels uh, administration. He made a very big change. And what happened there is that the state and, and property tax caps, he knew that was going to cripple some of the school systems. Okay, we the state will take over a big part. We're going to give you so much per student to make up for that. Well, when you look at the formula for that per student money that you get from the state, you know, I think we're, there's Zionsville, there's Carmel, and there's HSE. We're mm-hmm. at the very bottom. Of course, Carmel and Zionsville have referenda, and uh, Carmel, I think, has one on the ballot uh, in this election mm-hmm. as well. So I guess that what I'm asking you here is that explain why. Why does HSC receive so much less in per-student support from the state than so many other school districts? That's a, that's a good question and one that's often um – Often we hear that often on the as we talk to folks. Um, so every, it's important to note that every um, every school district in the state receives a, a basic grant. So when I say grant, I mean their per pupil funding is the same all students, regardless of where they live in Indiana. And then the formula is such that on top of that are other other pieces like um, a complexity index. Um, a, dollars for uh, special education, dollars for um, academic honors diploma graduates, things of that nature. Um, and all that gets figured in. And, um, and that's, how, that's how you start to see, based on the formula, the difference um, across the state. And so, you know, um, as I've told folks, um, uh, we, we were certainly uh, work to to, to take what we're getting, and we're grateful for what we get from the state. Over the last 14 years, we have seen increases steadily, um, but at the same time, we haven't that those increases don't keep up with inflation either. And so, um, you know, one in five school districts has an operating referendum in the state. So even even um, in our presentation, so the state average is seven thousand, a little over seven thousand dollars in per pupil funding. Um, there are districts above that number that also have operating referendums. Um, so it's, it, it, it becomes about what does the individual community believe about the money that they, they know they are receiving from the state legislature, and then do they feel that's enough to achieve some of the goals that they want to achieve in their individual community. So, Laura, when you talk to people around the community about uh, this whole issue, uh, do you explain that in some ways HSC has to kind of make up for some some lack of support from, from the state of Indiana? Yes, I think we do. And again, there's another FAQ on our, our website that gets into that. I will say I do it at a much higher level, <laughs> um, just based on our understanding. But yes, it's just that understanding that while we are in the, I think, top 15 academically HSA schools, we are the third lowest funded in the state. And so that is just a, you know, again, just having, having you know, to help people understand why we need the referendum, why, you know, why schools have to do this um, within the context of, of some of the disparities of the funding formula. Yes. You know, Matt, HSE is, is in competition with other school districts for teachers and other key personnel. You've already touched on this a little. How would a no vote on this referendum impact this school district's ability to compete for staff? 
Well, that's one of our key. That's our key. One of our key components. Um, when we went out in, in 2016 for the referendum, that was that was one of the the hallmark goals in that referendum was to to be competitive, and um, that is a uh, is one of our four big chunks, if you will, of what we're after um, and trying to accomplish with this renewal. So, so obviously, you know, when we look at who our competition is uh, for teachers, um, attracting the best teachers is, is really important piece. And then being able to retain those teachers, uh, bringing the best and hoping that they complete their career in HSE. And that will be, that will be a challenge, um, under, um, it's not that there might never be a raise, but we trying to maintain that level of competitiveness against the other people that, uh, we see ourselves competing with talent. I mean, we, we know in the state that we don't have as many, as many young people going into the education profession. And so that's, that already leaves us behind the eight ball, if you will, in trying to, to attract folks. And this could be another, you know, detriment to being able to do that. Yes, Laura, Matt has sort of alluded to this, but uh, the numbers, as he mentioned, do pretty clearly show there's a teacher shortage in the state of Indiana and other places. So if we're not competitive, somebody else will take our teachers. Yeah, we certainly don't want that to happen. Again, that's why, you know, again, understanding and, and, and reiterating to people as much how important it is that we're able to attract and, you know, retain the amazing teachers we have here at HSE is certainly one of the key things we talk about in our community. You know, Matt, it should be noted that you as the interim superintendent, and there's a, there are a handful of top administrators in, on your staff that are, in fact, allowed to advocate uh, for the referendum during work hours, if I understand the rules correctly. Most of the HSC school staff is not allowed to do that during work hours. Uh, what I'd like you to do is just explain that, because that does limit your ability to, to advocate, but yet there are good reasons for some of these rules. Explain what those rules are. Yeah, basically... Um, during work hours and with work resources, um, the only um, the only the only two people in our organization currently that can advocate for the referendum during work hours are myself and Katie Dowling, our CFO. Um, to extend that further, um, we're not allowed to use uh, school purchase resources, things of that nature, even our email, um, in, in order to promote the referendum. Um, and that's why the the political action committee or the PAC is so important to the work that we have to do to pass the referendum because um, without having uh, voices that are able to be free of those types of restrictions and, um, and and generate funding, we can't use school resources in the terms of money in order to also promote the referendum. So another another key reason why the PAC is so important. And just so people know, we are recording this at the HSE PAC headquarters, <laughs> not a school facility. In fact, we're right next to the Fisher's Health Department. We're lucky nobody's received an inoculation that has created screams. But it could happen. We're not quite done yet. So uh, I, yeah, I think it's interesting that uh, we have these restrictions. I'm sure there are probably some teachers that would love to, to help you during work hours. They're just rest- And some of them, I know, do work uh, for you as a volunteer outside their work hours. Yes. Yeah, we're grateful to have that. Um, we have... You know, wonderful teachers who, again, outside of their work hours are taking time to volunteer um, with us, uh, definitely. So, um, and on the volunteer front, we have tons of support, but of course, we're always, you know, looking for more. And again, that's another thing you can do on our website if you want to get involved 
uh, you can sign up to volunteer there as well. You know, Laura, uh, when this all began and the PAC was formed and, the, and, and we were, you know, a couple of months, three months away from the election, the one thing I wondered about the most is will there be organized opposition to the referendum? And so far there has not been. Correct. We have not. You know, um, again, I think throughout the community, we're hearing a lot of positive things. But as of, as of this point right now, we, we are not aware of any organized opposition. Yeah, I think I would have heard one yeah. of us would have heard about it had that <laughs> happened. And, uh, you know, Matt, I have I've had a few naysayers. People ask questions. Some people uh, are skeptical at first. But what I find interesting and, and tell me if this is your experience. Once I get into a conversation with someone and really explain what's at stake, uh, heads start to nod and, and, and people begin to realize, okay, I think I, I get this. I'm not against this after all, there are good reasons for it. Are you seeing the same thing? Oh, absolutely. Um, as I've been out and able to knock on doors and, and talk to folks, um, those that, those that I've met that have some questions about it or, or maybe have some skepticism about, are you really raising taxes or are you not? I mean, once, once if they're open to, to hearing the conversation and being a part of that uh, and, and give me an opportunity to answer questions that they, they have, um, I think they find relatively quickly that, that you know, we're able to, to put the concerns that they have uh, to rest. Uh, hopefully, and at least at least give them an opportunity to evaluate maybe other messages they've heard with ours um, to to make a you know what they feel like is the appropriate move when they go to the ballot box. You know, Laura, I'm curious. This is this is quite a job you've undertaken here. Um, I'm just curious. Uh, what motivated you? Because it's it's a real big responsibility to run a political action yeah. committee in a school system this size. What motivated you to step forward and say, yes, I'll do this? Uh, well, you know, I think I was looking earlier this year. I just knew there was a referendum coming. I'm a, as I mentioned, uh, my husband and I are uh, HSE parents. We have two kids in the district. Um, they still have a ways to go in their education here, so we certainly believe in our schools, and we've had a great experience uh, with our schools our kids have. And I was looking for ways. Now they're getting a little older to get involved. I come from a family of current and retired school administrators and teachers and school staff, and so I've always, you know, understood how important schools are to our community and, um, you know, not just for the, the people who have kids in the district, but for the community as a whole. And so I just kind of, I honestly didn't think I'd end up chairing. I just thought I'd be on a committee, but I, I, uh, I met some people and, um, and it's, you know, so I, that's kind of what motivated me. And I'm, again, we have a great, uh, whole, our whole advanced HSE team, our, our volunteer team has just been a great group of people, um, that are so motivated and, and it's been, been great to see. Going to wait for you to tell me that you left the room and they voted you in at the time. You're, I've heard that story before. I would like to give each of you one more chance uh, before we end the podcast. We're about out of time. Just to give a final message uh, to the public listening to this as to why you believe the referendum should be supported. Matt, I'll ask you to start. Sure. Thanks, Larry. Um, well, before I do that, I do want to, uh, you know, uh, Katie Dowling, our CFO, and I have been doing a, a lot of uh, uh, engagement sessions with the community, and, and uh, she's been a wealth of knowledge. Um, uh, she can speak uh, uh, education, uh, tax uh, information, and, and budget information um, um, with the best of them. So I appreciate her and, and the work that Laura and her team has has done and will continue to do as we see this through to the to the end is is much appreciated um, what I would tell folks is that um, you know again we're looking for a renewal of a, of a referendum that's already that they're already paying 
taxes for, um, but at a reduced rate. And that's an important piece to note. This is not a tax increase. Um, and it will it will allow us to continue to accomplish um, the the main objectives of continuing to expand great educational opportunities, attract and retain great teachers, um, keep class sizes low at grades K to six, and will provide us an opportunity um, to execute a five year plan that would increase. Uh, the number of school resource officers that we have from eight to 22. Um, so if, if people are questioning what, what will go towards uh, what will be used, this money be used for, those are the four things right there. Laura. I think he hit all the, yeah, all the important uh, key points of what this referendum will do. I would just encourage people, one, I think the information has been provided in the community. The administration is willing to, to provide information as questions arise. I think it makes great sense why people have questions. And I would just say, you know, this is an important thing. It's important not only for those of us, you know, who are parents in the, in the community or parents have it have kids in HSE schools, but it's important for the community. And if you look at our yard signs, our logos, you know, I think it's great kids, great community, our schools, our future. This is really an important thing. If you are a strong supporter of HSE schools, um, then, uh, you know, please vote yes on November 7th. Well, I mean, I moved here in 1991, and I think almost any a public official I have known throughout that time has said that the growth in this community is tied directly to the quality of the school system. And my daughters went K through 12 HSE schools. They'll be 30 in the next few months, but uh, my twin daughters, but uh, they both were uh, graduates of Fishers High School and they are both college graduates. And actually, here's the thing I, I found interesting. They said, you know, when they went to college, some of the classes they took in college were not even as difficult as the ones they had at Fisher's High School. So it certainly did prepare them well. The other thing I'll say is that it is, it's fairly rare. The mayor is behind this referendum, made a very public uh, vote of confidence, as did the entire city council, unanimously on a bipartisan basis. I've been recording podcasts with uh, the incumbents and also with uh, the candidates for city council. I haven't found any of them, to, uh, let's put it another way, they are all supporting the referendum so far. I have not had anyone say they would vote no. So you have a lot of community support out there for this referendum. I want to thank Matt Kegley, the interim superintendent for Hamilton Southeastern Schools, and Laura Smoots, chairperson of Advance HSE, the Political Action Committee. Thank you so much for giving me some time today. Thanks, Larry. Thank you, Larry.